0: everybody. Welcome to the Philly Sports Convo. This is my podcast where I get to talk to the biggest names in Philly sports. This is episode number four. Thank you for uh, tuning in and watching and listening to the first three episodes. But, you know, when you talk about big names in Philly sports, they don't come much bigger than my guest today. He is uh, one of the greatest Flyers ever, one of the most popular Flyers ever. He's a two-time Stanley Cup champion, and I am proud to say he is a good friend. He is the great Bernie Perron. Bernie? Good to see you, pal. Thanks for joining me.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. I could listen to you all night.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, Bernie, the the way you and I talk, you might be listening to me all night. You never know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's beautiful.
0: Hey, you know what? The first thing I want to ask you about, you know, every time I talk to you, every time I see you, you always have a big smile on your face. You're always so positive. I don't think I've ever seen you angry. Um, where does the positivity come from
1: well you know they um, my it's, it's been my attitude most of my life but I uh, I believe you know I believe in reading good books you know to refresh my memory where I'm at and what I'm doing and life is so much easier when you're happy you're smiling and that's when good things happen to you I
0: you love know, it's it it's a
1: beautiful thing
0: I, I love it I wish more people had that attitude um I want to I want to go back I want to go back to your early days. Um, there's so much to talk to you about. When did you realize that you had a talent for athletics? You had a talent for hockey, and when did you realize that maybe you could be become a professional at it?
1: Well, um, and we'll go pretty far back. When I was <laughs> 13 years old, okay, I tried for this hockey team. I wanted to be a forward, or really a defenseman. And um, you had you, know, you had to go around the ice once, and depending on your speed, the coach would give you a position on the team. So my time came, and I got all excited. I got pumped, right? So I went around the ice, and most uh, guys did theirs in 14, 15, said mine like in about 22, 24 seconds. Okay. So the coach looked at me and he said, Goaltender. <laughs> That's how I became a goalie. How about that?
0: Well, you know, it's it's funny how opportunities come along and stuff. You, you know, you don't expect to happen, but look, I mean, it, it changed your life. I I want to ask you, you know, talking about being a goaltender, do you think goaltending is the hardest position in all of sports? I mean, you know, you could talk about, you know, the quarterback of a football team, but you got frozen rubber coming at you at 100 miles an hour. I mean, how do you deal with that?
1: Well, you know what? They don't need the, uh, you're looking at the game today, right? And you watch the goalies, and they're, don't misunderstand me. What I'm going to say here, they're great goalies, but the um, I, you know what? I, I'm not too crazy about the equipment they're wearing, especially the pads. You know, the pads are they're not that thick, you know, but they're real stiff, and they it won't allow them to move their feet sideways, so they drop to their knees all the time. So when you do this, you drop to your knees, and you're not in position to challenge a shooter. It makes it very difficult, you know. And yet, you know, they're playing great games. But I, I, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking at the way we played. The game has changed. Let's put it this way: when when I played, and the way it's played now, it's completely different.
0: You know, talking about the equipment, uh, I'm looking in the background there. I see you got the mask on the shelf. I see you have got uh, the cover of Time magazine. How do we know that's really you on the cover of Time magazine, Bernie? <laughs> I, I I'm sorry, I missed it. How, how do we know that's really you on the cover of Time magazine? We just see the mask.
1: <laughs> you just have to believe me. There you sure. go.
0: That's right. So, okay, so so your 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 NHL career, you get drafted by Boston, but then you you get drafted, you get taken by the Flyers in the in the in the expansion draft when the uh, the league expanded in 67. But Prior to that, Philadelphia had no history of hockey. I mean, I don't think people here knew what a hockey puck was before the before the Flyers came along. You're coming to that situation. So, what was that like for you, knowing you're coming to a brand new city that knew nothing about the sport you loved?
1: Well, you know what, I I'm the type of person that always it was a national hockey League to begin with, and you you know you get excited, but I got to share. Quick little story with you. I remember before the uh, training camp, they put the whole team, all the, all the players on the float and take us um, on broad street. You know to introduce us to uh, the city. So this right? was this so, was yeah. this
0: was before the Flyers debuted. Then,
1: yeah, yeah Okay. Yeah. okay. See, uh, before before uh, training camp. Okay, and uh, we we ended up with more people on the float than watching than people watching. <laughs> You know, so uh, so it was very very uh, difficult in some ways at the beginning because um, you know I, I think we ended up with three four thousand people watching the game. You know, and um, and I'm a firm believer that big crowd you know makes you uh, perform you know a lot you know a lot better. It was a little bit difficult, but uh, you know what we had we had great players, coach, good uh, uh, coaching staff. You know, and um, and um, eventually, the people came in and started to uh, pay attention to the Flyers and start getting in, in enthused about about the game, about the Flyers. And then we ended up with uh, full house all the time.
0: And if if I remember correctly, I mean, not only was it difficult in that first season, but didn't the roof blow off the Spectrum sometime? It, it, yeah. it, it was the, it was the first season, right? And you guys had to go yeah. on the road for a while.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I still have a bump on my head from it. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah, they yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, there was a storm in it, and I believe correct me if I'm wrong, but it's a long time ago. I believe we finished the uh, the season in Toronto. I believe.
0: Yeah, you yeah. know, I, and, it was either Toronto or Montreal. I I, I don't recall, but you would know better. You would know yeah, better I, than me.
1: Yeah, I think I think it was Toronto. Yeah, yeah so um so it was a um you know it was a you know a heck of an experience but uh, we plowed through it and and then we had the you know the which I think we had the the best we still do the best crowd in in, in, in the world of hockey and um, that's what you know what you know what what you learn as a kid is a um, um you don't win by yourself yep okay and, life in general and in sports even so you know you don't win by yourself you win as a team you have to be part of the team play as a team then you have a good chance to win and in Philly it became that way with the fans because it went from three to four thousand to on and on to seventeen thousand double or seven or something well I, you know that's when we had the full house
0: I remember reading stories about uh, your group back in the seventies that you guys used to hang out with fans after the games. Like you guys, you guys really, you know, like, like you go to a local bar and you just hang out with the fans that would never happen today.
1: Yeah. Oh no, no. Well, uh, of course the game, you know, the the game has has changed thus, you know, when the, yeah <laughs> you're paying 2000 dollars a player, I'm just kidding now. But <laughs> in the old days, it wasn't like the players making a million or two million dollars a year. You right. know? so uh, so um, but it, it, what I was saying earlier, it's, it's important that that as a player, you know you realize that if you again, repeating myself a little bit, if you want to win, you have to lose a team. and oh, you yeah. have to work. not just the team it's a coaching staff right. and in the crowd yeah you know, when we won those two years you know we it, it, it was a full house and you step on the ice and the vibration that you we got from the from the crowd cheering when we got on the ice it elevates you to a different level well beautiful.
0: i'll tell you what um not to be cliche but the spectrum that place rocked i mean I, I i you know listen the wells fargo center is a beautiful building for the flyers and the sixers and the wings and all the other stuff they have going on there. But man, I miss the spectrum. Uh, d- talk about, I mean, yeah, the, the crowd was great, but that was a great building, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. That was a, um, you know what? That was a, a it became a family, not just a crowd, but a family, you know, and, and they supported us, you know, and, um, and the, you know, when, and, 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 you know what, Keith Allen, the GM at the time, uh, brought the right players in, the right combination of players. And we had, of course, um, uh, the greatest leader in the game, you know, in those days, Bob Clark. Bobby Clark, yeah. You know, just, just incredible. What a great individual. And the owner, Ed Snyder, who started the whole thing, you know, and I see, uh, we have a place in Avalon, New Jersey, and we have Ed Snyder's picture, you know, on the wall. And uh, every time I walk by, I look at him and say, thank you. You know, it's because of him that uh, we became, um, we won two Stanley Cups.
0: Yeah, he started it all. And and he had a knack for bringing in the right people. You mentioned Keith Allen, but you can go on and on through the years. All the GMs he brought in, uh, some great coaches, uh, you know, Red Shiro, Mike Keenan in the '80s. Um, just talk about him, not not just as a person, but just how much he wanted to win. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he, he did definitely. It was just the. Uh, um, you know what you when you you were in the, his uh, presence, you know, and he um, it was just it was just a it's just a, just a great individual and he'll do anything, he would do anything for his players and um, the um, he, he, I, I, you know you felt you felt like it was part of the team the only thing he did in skate <laughs> but you <laughs> felt it was part part of the team mm. and, uh, and, and and he he's the one who brought the team together right with management with the coach and you know, with Franchero. And the people and the people in the Sin and the people in in Philadelphia, is oh, just incredible. What a great human being
0: i I want to get back to you. you mentioned Toronto now you eventually went to the Toronto Maple Leafs and you ended up yeah. playing with your idol, which I know was was huge for you. Can you talk about
1: that? yeah definitely the um when I got traded from the flyers to Toronto, I was disappointed, yeah. And um, of course, and then we're driving to Toronto, wife and I, and my son Bernie, and we're driving to Toronto. And then once I got to um, the rank, um, I realized that hey, my God, I'm going to um, to um, share duties with Jacques clown Right, right. Which, by the way, in Montreal as a kid, Chauvelin's sister lived next door to us. Okay. So every summer he would come in, a big convertible, a cowboy hat on, big cigar, you know, walk around, you know, and I watch him from the kitchen window. I was scared of him I didn't and that was just incredible. There I was going to um, um, share duties with him in Toronto. And uh, when I and then when I look back at those days with Blount in Toronto, I watch him play, you know, and I watch him practice. And finally, I asked him and said, "Can you help me?" he said "Of course and um, he changed you know I changed I became I became a better goalie in the way that I he, he helped me to understand the game better how 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 to communicate with your defensemen if it's a left hand shot or right hand shot in situations like that then um, it became you know, became different uh, you know different situation and then I have to share this quickly with you. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, two years later, the Well Hockey League came in, okay? And um, there's a reason I'll tell you why I'm sharing this. The Well Hockey League came in, and I received a phone call from them if I would like to join them. I said, oh, let me think about it. Okay. I called them back. I said, sure, you know, because I knew it was a well-calculated risk. I knew what I had learned from them. If it didn't work out, then I'll come back. Huh? So it didn't work okay. out. We only played in front of 400 people. Great people, but 400 people. And you were on the Philadelphia and team, I right? when I came back, halfway through the season, when I came back the National Hockey League, the rule was to go back to your original team, right. which was Toronto. And I got traded from Toronto to the Flyers, and we won the next two, uh, two years, we won the two Stanley Cup. So one, the reason I'm sharing this with you is because, you know, many times people, you have to take risks calculated risk. Well, you got to take risks in life if you want to move forward is a prime example here.
0: So basically what you're saying is if you never went to the WHA and then had to, be, had to be sent back to Toronto, you may not have ended up with the Flyers the second time to win the Cups, right?
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's... You know, so uh, so if you look at the whole picture, um, and, you know, I, I, I was fortunate to take the risk and um, And it really worked out well, yeah. And you
0: were with the Philadelphia team in the WHA, right? Was it the Blazers?
1: Yeah, the Blazers, yeah. As a matter of fact, um, when I went to Florida to sign with the Screaming Eagles, that's what the team was supposed to be, The Screaming Eagles, okay. When I flew back the same afternoon, I flew back to uh, Philly, um, I I, I found out that uh, they... um, (laughs) The Screaming Eagles ended up in the, in Philly. They made that change while I was on on, on that thing going back to Philly. <laughs> so, so, so the Screaming Eagles became
0: the Blazers. Is that what you're saying, Barbane. So the Screaming Eagles became the Blazers. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. They moved the team to uh, Philly.
0: That's yeah. That's well. Wow, it's funny. That's funny.
1: Hey, you uh, know, he, yeah. here's a
0: question. And you and I have talked a lot. And I don't think I've ever asked you this question. How did you ever come to start wearing number one? Was that just given to you? Did that number mean something to you? If
1: I, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I didn't hear you too well. Go ahead.
0: Why Go. did you Why did you start wearing number one? Did that Did that number mean something to you, or was it just randomly given to you?
1: Well, yeah, number one was um um sound war number one all the time. You know it. when he played. At, okay, um, got it. And the uh, number one that's so much to me. No, nothing. I mean, don't misunderstand me. being number one in the league or whatever it has nothing to do with this. It had a lot to do with uh, um, my idol, John Brown. That's for sure.
0: I love it. I love it. You know, there's another number one in Philly these days who's doing some big things. Jalen Hurts. I know you're a big Eagles fan. What do you think of what the Eagles are doing? I know, but by, by no. the time this airs, we're recording this right after the Buffalo game, just for just for a point of reference. But how about Jalen Hurts, huh?
1: Well, you know what, he, I, I I like him. You no, know, he's a team player to begin with, you know. And you you watch him, you watch him on TV. Never had a chance to meet him, but I I I would like to. And um, good, he, you know what, he's a great leader on the field. And um, and then and then he has a wonderful city that he's playing in. You know, and then and then at the games, I think they have like seventy-five thousand people or whatever. No, just just uh, just incredible. And he um, um, the way he plays, you know, the um, the way he takes his team, and he never gives up. They don't, they could have a couple of quarters They're not playing well, that well, but but then he, he you know he comes back and brings the team up and uh, and the I I I think they're going to win the uh, the
0: um, win the Super Bowl the
1: championship the yeah. Super Bowl yeah.
0: Well, let, let's hope you're right. They uh, they fell just short last year, so you know, fingers crossed. I, I want to take you to uh, I want to take it to the '80s. Okay, you are the Flyers goaltending instructor at this time, and there's a young goaltender. I was from Sweden, Pelle Lindbergh? He was from Sweden, right? And yeah, yeah. And he had such immense talent, and he idolized you, which is why he wanted to play for the Flyers, and you know, luck of the draw, he got he got he got to play for the Flyers. But we all remember that awful night was it eighty-five when he had the accident. Do me a favor, because I know he meant a lot to you. just talk about what, what Pelly Lindbergh meant to you and knowing what you meant to him, how did that make you feel?
1: Well, the um you know, I loved the kid. Like you said, you know, the communication we have was um, just fantastic. Had uh uh, he was very receptive, and, uh, and he had a lot of, you know, a goaltender with a lot of talent. And um, a smile on his face, you know, always, always uh, very happy. And, uh, and he was a, a darn good goalie, you know. They would have won the Stanley Cup with him. And um, I agree with you. And when, and when the accident happened, I, um, uh, I have to I have share this. I was I was in the hospital next to him, holding his hand when he passed away. You know, a um, oh, wow. you know that that will stay with me the rest of my life. And then we flew to Sweden, Sweden for his uh, funeral. And uh, as a matter of fact, I think uh, this year was. A, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's 50 years then it happened. Is it?
0: You know, I, I thought it was mid 80s. 50 years. Yeah. Thirty-eight years. Third was th- thirty-eight years. It? I think I heard Jeannie say. My, much like my house, your wife's the voice of reason, right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: thirty-eight years ago. Oh, 38 so, years. My wife years, just came and 50 told years me. You won the cup. Yeah, that's right. Years, Fifty years when we won the cup. I'm Fifty sorry. years when you oh, won the oh, cup. God, yeah. and,
0: and and if I recall, now he won. He won the Vesna, didn't he? What, um, and you presented yeah, it to him, yeah. right? Me? And you presented it to him, right? Didn't you, you I, 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 think did, I think your question. didn't you present the Vesna trophy to Pelly when he won it?
1: Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's a, um, those, are. Uh, you know, those, those are moments that you never forget. And, and, and I'm so grateful for the good old Lord that, um, um, what happened to me at different time, different season in my in my career, in my life, and uh, beautiful things happened. we were just just incredible, awesome, good kid. You don't know, awesome. What a great individual. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. and I and I know uh, your your relationship with him was was very very special.
1: Um, As a matter of fact, one time I was broke, I asked him for twenty, and I got twenty five dollars. So,
0: oh, there you go. <laughs> <No. Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> You know what, I, I, I don't want this to end without me asking about, uh, I know one of your favorite hobbies, you love to fish. I know you're a big fisherman, you've got the boat down the shore. Yeah. What do you like most about fishing? Why do you love it so much?
1: Well, a, uh, fishing, it's um, uh, quite a few things. A boat, of course, it's important. And and then you go out with some great friends because you Every time you go out, you have about six, seven people with you, you know, on, on the boat. And then the beauty about the ocean, you know, when we go out, you go out 75, 80 miles out. And um, you have, I learned a long time ago from a good captain to read the weather properly. Because when you go 80 miles out, it's a long way, you know. Yeah. And uh, But we have some beautiful, beautiful days, you know. And the biggest fish we ever caught was a... Nine hundred pounds blue marlin!
0: Wow, you okay? Yeah. So, so what was it like reeling that thing in? How many people did it take <laughs> to what to bring the the fish in? Yeah, nine hundred pounds. That that's huge. Oh, yeah. How'd you bring yeah, it in?
1: Well, well, here's here's the thing: a big fish like this, we fought them for a while, and then usually you release them, unless you're in a th- uh, tournament. Got it. You know, got it. And okay. in the tournament. So, you know, you fight the fish, you have fun, and big fish would jump out of the water all the time, and, and what a, a, exciting uh, moments, you know, they they were. Then, then we brought him back near the boat, and um, he passed out, you know, he died on us, I guess, all the um, uh, jumping and the whole bit, so we right. brought the fish in. I had a luck and tackle to bring the fish in because you know, nine hundred pounds that's it's a lot of weight. That's a big fish. And then we uh, then we we got back to Cape May and um and um we found out we found out that the fish the fish was uh, I believe was twenty-three years old. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, wow. Yeah. And uh, twenty three you know, he, he, he it's it's a lot of you know a lot of weight. It was big, um, you know, big fish. Yeah.
0: So I, I I want to ask you this because I want people to understand what a smart man Bernie Perant is. All right. You've got a boat down the shore. Now for the longest time it was called the French Connection, but in the last few years you changed the name. Can you explain why you changed the name of your boat? You want to know why? Yes, I want to know why. I, I know the story, but I want everybody else to hear it.
1: I. Yeah, I just you know, it was important for me to stay alive, you know. So <laughs> it became so it became the Italian French connection. Yeah, how's that?
0: Yeah, Be- I would say yeah. because your wife's Italian.
1: <laughs> of course.
0: <laughs> you 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 are a smart man, Mr. Perron, a smart man. I also know uh, you are a connoisseur of cigars. So, um I'm 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 hoping, can you give me, you know, if I want to go out tomorrow now oh, actually, as we tape this, we're taping this on November 28th. November 29th is my father's 80th birthday. So, by the time this runs, it'll be in the past. But if I want to go get my dad a good cigar for his birthday, what would you recommend?
1: Well, um, you know the um, the there's a, there, you know there's a, you know people ask which is a great question, but the taste is different for each individual. That's true. I would say. I would say for your dad, you know, just the uh, you go buy the cigar, just as explain. Your how old is your dad? Eighty years old. He's yeah.
0: By the time this runs, yeah, he will 80, have been old, his eightieth so, birthday.
1: So you, so you want a, a mild cigar that uh, your dad can enjoy. 'Cause sometimes you could buy a cigar so strong that they you won't enjoy it. So right. I would suggest you get a, a a mild cigar and the guys do that way. And yeah.
0: and, and the, the, the bigger question is, when can I smoke a cigar with you? <laughs> That's what I want to do. I wanna smoke a cigar with Bernie Perron. And and I will bring the cigars, by the way.
1: Well, you know what? They um um during the summer you know, I I um, well, during the winter. We have a place in Fort Lauderdale, and after Christmas, I spend four months uh, down there. You know, and um, and I love the warm weather. But during the summer, all you have to do is give me a call; you'll be welcome anytime.
0: I love yeah. it. I'm going to take you up on that. All right, um, and I be before we end this, I want to get this this one story in because I love this story and I love hearing you tell this story. Let's go back to New Year's Eve Day 2011, the day before the 2012 Winter Classic at Citizens Bank Park, okay, which was on New Year's Day. Um, And and, uh, New Year's Eve Day, they had an alumni game. It was the Flyers and the New York Rangers. You know where I'm going with this, Bernie. You started... You start... Actually, before we get to the story, I want to ask you this. You started in goal, and I think you got the biggest ovation of anybody. And, you know, you're not used to... You know, crowds of forty plus thousand because you're used to playing in an arena, but Citizens yeah. Bank Park was sold out. What was that like when they introduce you, the great Lou Nolan, introduces you in front of a huge baseball stadium, and you get this loud ovation? What's that like?
1: Oh, that's a yeah, you know what? Uh, that feeling is difficult to explain because it's so great, you know, so so beautiful. And, and uh, you know, I knew it was going to be my uh, – I'm very grateful, you know, that I was able to step on the ice and play, I I believe, only played like six, six mm-hmm. seven minutes. But I, um, I have to share a quick story with you when near the end, the six or seven minutes, six minutes, I think. This is a story I, I wanted to hear. I'm, yep. looking, I'm looking at God. I have a shout out going and said, "Oh, thank you, thank you." Just just a few more seconds. Okay. Then I looked down on the ice again. Here comes the Gay on the breakaway. Ron Dugay, right? Yep. <laughs> oh, that's right. Then I looked up again and said, "What are you doing to me, God?" Right. So he came down and he took a shot and he hit my chest, and I knew he did it on purpose, just the way the motion was, and that the crowd cheered, you know, the whole bit. And I hugged him after and I said, "Why'd you do this?" He said, I think it would have shocked me if I would have scored. <laughs> I, I love so, that uh, story.
0: Oh, listen, you, you know what?
1: what? It, it just ended a beautiful, a beautiful career. And, and I have to say, you know, I have not, I have to say, I want to say that I'm so blessed to have played 12 years of my career in Philadelphia. Beautiful. Thank you, folks.
0: Bernie, you know what, uh, and 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 I know you appreciate the fans, but um, and I'll, I'll I'll end with this: the fans appreciate you, and just from what I know of you, they appreciate you. Number one, because you always gave it your all on the ice. You always worked your ass off. I mean, if you had a bad game, it was not it was not through lack of effort. You always gave it your all, and you're all you, you've always been a nice, genuine guy. And I think that's why people, even 50 years after you won the cup, you are still beloved in this town, and you will, you will always be beloved in this town.
1: Wow, thanks. It cost me a lot of money, but they like me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, I've been mean, aside. I, I, I thank you for uh, your wonderful words you just you just said, and uh, and um, I uh, I'm a firm believer in the universe. You know. As, you know, the bottom line is, I'm going to share just a couple little things with you here. Is is you know, it's my philosophy. I do this every day. You look at universe and you say, ask, believe, and receive. I, okay? Now, three things. And then uh, three other things too are how, when, and where. It's not of my concern. Just ask what you want to do and keep asking keep positive about it and somehow the right people the right situation will come and bingo it will happen you know what I,
0: i've said this to you before i mean you you should go into motivational speaking uh, i love the positivity and and actually i want to mention to people that you put stuff like this out on social media all the time so it's at bernie Perron on uh, facebook and on and on twitter or x or whatever they're calling it these days and at bernie perant 1 on instagram uh, a fantastic follow um bernie what can i say man i the time always flies by when we talk and i always love talking to you um i can't thank you enough for doing this today bernie thank you it's it's always great to talk to you and and i am going to take you up on the cigar and i'm going to take you yeah. up on going fishing on your boat because i want you to teach me how to fish
1: there you go you got it oh b- before you we go you got it and hey And then the beauty about this, if we don't catch any fish, we stop someplace, we'll buy some, but we're coming home with fish.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's not how you got the 900-pound fish, is it? You didn't stop and
1: buy it, did you? (laughs) Oh, God, you're the best.
0: Hey, listen, uh, real quick, uh, before before I let you go, I always ask you this every time I talk to you on some kind of a program. And anybody listening to this and not watching this, you got to go to the YouTube channel so you can see it. But can I see the rings, please? Can you hold the rings up to the camera? Can you show us the rings? The Stanley Cup oh, rings. Oh,
1: the rings. I didn't yeah. hear you. I'm sorry. That's okay. There you go,
0: folks. There you go. See, that's what people play for. The man has two Stanley 74, Cup rings.
1: 75. And next year, think about this. We're going to have a big celebration in Philly. Because it's going to be the 50, 50 years since we won the first cup. How about that?
0: Wow, and I fifty be, years, and I bet it went by in the blink of an eye, right, Bernie? What's this? I, I'll bet it went by in the blink of an eye, right?
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's incredible, you know. But so grateful that that what life brought me, you know. And it's just it just it's difficult to explain. But when you believe you receive, and when it's not of your concern, just ask for. It. Remember, folks, just ask for. It. Ask, believe, and receive. How, when, and where will be will be shown to you. It's not of your concern. That's a beautiful way to live, man.
0: Bernie, you're an amazing guy. I am thrilled and honored to call you a friend, and thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it.
1: Look forward to that cigar, buddy. Yeah, have a good day you too let's go flyers yep go
0: flyers thank you bernie
1: thank you thanks
0: thank you and thank you for tuning in to episode four of the philly sports convo we'll see you next time stay connected with us on social media join our discord community and grab merch from our shop the philly sports convo is a blue eye visual production